Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, we're going to talk all about the Arizona rookie face-off and more on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Do you remember the 21st day of September? Well, that's today, folks. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. And you're here on a fun day because I'll be joined by Sir Avampado later on in the podcast. And we're going to talk about both of our quote-unquote terrible teams who did pretty well in the face-off. First, a reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. So let's get right into it. Over the long weekend in Arizona, six teams played in the rookie face-off in Arizona. The Yotes, the Sharks, the Kings, the Avs, the Knights, and of course the Anaheim Ducks. It was a fun-filled three games between three, well, we'll say AHL tangent teams. What this essentially is, is it's a showcase for all the young players to really show their stuff and for some of them try to prove themselves to make a roster spot in the National Hockey League. This is especially true for the Anaheim Ducks because they're pretty short on defense. Actually, really short on defense in the NHL level. As far as prospects go, their defense is strong. And if you're a Ducks fan, you should be very excited about the Ducks in the future. But these are all still young kids. You know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 21-year-olds. They are still young. And then consider, you know, the 22, 23, 24-year-olds that the Ducks have in their current roster. They're going to be good, folks. They're going to be fine. But right now, it is full rebuild mode for the Ducks. And it really begins with this rookie faceoff. And it started against the Chompy Boys, or rather, the San Jose Sharks, a.k.a. really the San Jose Barracuda, who are not that good to begin with. And I looked at this roster for the Sharks. I didn't know half these guys. I, I don't know what this Sharks team was. But here you are, Ducks against Sharks at the Ice Den in Scottsdale. It wasn't really close at all. In fact, it was a blowout from the start. First shift, Trevor Zegris, of course makes himself known, scoring just 56 seconds into the game. It, it was a thing of beauty. Uh, nice little passing going on there between the Ducks. They had their way with San Jose all game long. Started off with Trevor Zegers making it one nothing, And then on a really weird kind of just play in front of the net, Sasha Pastujov was right there to pick up the loose change, making it 2 nothing. This was about six minutes into the game. And you had your big guns out there. I saw McTavish was out there. <laughs> it was a good it was a good goal. It was a good goal for the Ducks. And Sasha was right there. Then Mason McTavish, he got out there on the power play and he just let one rip, making it 3 nothing, and that was at the end of one period. Oh, but they weren't done. They were not done. The Sharks did get a power play, but then Hunter Drew, the newly converted forward, made it 4-1 Anaheim. And this was right off the faceoff, too. And then Jacob Perot, with a very slick one-timer on the Ducks' power play, <laughs> made it 5-1. to one, And he was right in the slot. The Sharks had no idea what to do on defense. It was Jamie Drysdale who was right there on the point to help quarterback things along. It wasn't close. Then Gage Alexander got in net. And that's where the Sharks really decided, you know what, we're going to play some hockey. So they scored a goal to make it 5-2, two, 
and then Sasha Postujov on a really kind of weird play made it 6-2 and then Postujov picked up the loose change in front of the net with a hat trick all three of his goals were just in front of the net but he didn't have an easy time getting in front of the net well the reason he got in front of the net so easily on that four on four was because there was three guys on Trevor Zegris Zegris just has that uncanny ability to draw defenders it's never one-on-one with Zegris because of the type of talent that he is because of the kind of passing ability and skating ability that Zegris has he's going to draw defenders and he drew three sharks right there three on a four-on-four the other guy I don't even see what it was but the other guy I think was going after Olin Zellweger who by the way fantastic skater Zellweger drew a defender of his own so he had three on Zegris one on Zellweger that left Pastudov wide wide open he did not miss at all right in front of the net the goaltender had no chance so that made it 7-2 on a nice pass from Zegris to Pastudov for the hat trick the Sharks scored a couple late goals and then Jacob Perot he scored a late one making the final score eight to four from Scottsdale oh boy this folks this was not close I have a lot to say about a few of those guys which we'll get to momentarily and then we got to the second game against Colorado this was a close battle all the way really you talk about you know Trevor Zegris and this was the big scare and we will talk about this more in the second part as well Zegris got slashed across the leg and he went down in a heap Zegris did get slashed from behind they did call that penalty but he went down he was grabbing his right leg he went down to the locker room and he was not seen for the rest of the game and I know a lot of Ducks fans were panicking at the time because you saw Zegris went down and everyone's like oh no he got injured he left the game don't worry folks he is fine the latest word is that he is fine he is good to go for the preseason games this coming week he should be good all right so there's your little Trevor Zegers update it was a hard slash and he did go down pretty hard it, it looked it looked worse than it actually was it was just a hard slash easy penalty I mean he's sore but he's okay and he'll be ready to go this coming weekend when they get back to preseason play as far as the game itself credit to the Ducks for coming back because after Zegers left the Ducks were just shell-shocked the next 20-25 minutes they were down three to one after two periods but then after that you know Jack Bedini he scored a great goal to make it three to two the Avs made it four to two and then with the extra skater the Ducks they scored a couple of miracle goals including a great goal from Jacob Perot right on the top corner making it a 4-4 tie but then the Avs scored on the power play making it five to four that was the final in overtime but hey the Ducks at least gained a point oh wait rookie showcase no points here by the way credit to Jack Bedini on one of those goals where he looked really good in the slot and even better uh, the late goal to make it four to three Alex Limoges and Bo Grew really worked together so well on the six on five and Limoges in particular worked very hard to generate that goal to make it four to three and then Perot t- tied it up with a beautiful snipe. But then in overtime, 
Pastujov, he had a bad penalty that resulted in the Avs power play making it 5-4. to four. That's unfortunate because Pastujov had that great hat trick in Game 1. And then Game 2, his skating just did not look good. The strides were not the best. That is the knock on his game. And that has been a knock that has, I don't want to say plagued him. But it's been a detriment to his game over the last few seasons has been his skating ability. It is not a top-tier skate. It is what it is. So the Ducks lost that one 5-4. to four. And then moving forward into the following game, which took place yesterday, you notice that McTavish was out, then Drysdale was out, and Zegris was out because of precautionary reasons. Again, Trevor Zegris is fine. And we'll talk about that game after this brief word from rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Say, do you drive a Toyota Prius like me? Do you have a Ford Mustang? Maybe you have a Chevy Impala. Well, guess what? rockauto.com has all the parts just for you. They've been family owned and operated for over two decades. And why pay full price when you could pay less than half of those that you find at the big box stores? So once again, go to rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us box, Tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. And also, this is brought to you by DirecTV. Um, say, I want to talk about DirecTV and, you know, tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment and sports that you love without all the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. Maybe you want to watch some games on TNT and ESPN. Well, guess what? You can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place, including for those of you that still watch Dancing with the Stars or someone like me. Maybe you want to watch some Jeopardy. Hey, guess what? You can watch it all with DirecTV Stream, and the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so let's talk about that third game, shall we? It was a doozy of a game, and this took place at Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. And by the way, props to the Coyotes for busting out the white jerseys that same day. Mm, chef's kiss they were a thing of beauty folks i love the kachina jerseys they probably are the best jersey set in the entire national hockey league so you have a team with the best jerseys in the league against the team with arguably one of the worst jersey sets in the national hockey league right now sad to say except for the orange alternates those are cool they have the wild wing wing logo they have the kind of neat striping the orange kind of works the Wild Wing logo, it's better. The other one, the webbed foot, eh, oh, not so much. Anyway, so the Ducks really just had not all their big guns out, but it didn't matter because Olin Zellweger got the party started with the power play, making it one nothing. Then you had Nijoff. Um, I, I don't know what he was doing, but Nijoff had the puck on his stick in front of Gage Alexander. And then the Coyotes just kind of sniped it away and tied it up on the power play. Nijoff had the opportunity to clear the puck, just did not do it. 
and that made it one to one. Oh boy! But Max Galode, he led things off with a goal for the Ducklings, making it two to one. And then Ben McCartney. I will talk about Ben McCartney for about twenty seconds because I saw him last season with the Tucson Roadrunners, and he looked impressive even during May when we saw him in Tucson. Same thing here, where he went one on four. He went through one defender, then two more, then another. And this was an impressive shorthanded goal. And he also drew a penalty at the same time. So Ben McCartney made it two to two. Great tie game. And then later on, Postudov's lack of skating cost him once again because he didn't get to his spot right away. And when he got there just in time, he had an open net and just missed it. He he just did not get the accurate shot off that he wanted. It could have been a lead at the time, but nope, didn't happen. So guess who did give the Ducks the lead? Guess who did? Alex Limoges. He scores once again on a power play goal for the Ducklings, making it 3-2. This was great. So I did say this on Twitter, and I'm going to reiterate this and give my reasons why right now. I said Limoges has looked very impressive not only during this camp, but the open practices as well. Let me start with the open practices. I noticed that he was kind of all over the place when it came to the 2-on-2 and 3-on-3 drills. He did skate with a bit of renewed energy. One. Two. His passing was effective. He was right on the tape with almost all of his passes. He has great awareness and looks for his teammates. Three. Shot is pretty accurate. I mean, he could be a guy that could score 25 to 30 goals for the San Diego goals this coming season. That's going to be kind of my little prediction for the goals. I think Limoges is going to have a big season for San Diego, and I think fans are going to love him down there. So keep an eye out for Alex Limoges. All right, so I gave my Limoges part. Oh, by the way, Bryce Kindop, he gave the Ducks the lead once again after Arizona tied it up making it 4-3 to three on the 4-on-4 four four with about 8 minutes left. So this was another kind of, I don't want to say a trash goal, but, you know, picking up the loose change once again. You had Zellweger right there, but it was Bryce Kendop once again making it 4-3. to three. Then we got to the fun part of the game. Arizona tied it up late, and then it was Nyhoff. He completely made up for... I guess giving up that turnover in front of Gage Alexander for that power play goal early on where Nyhoff just found it. And guess who gave him the pass? You guessed it, Alex Limoges. So this was a great play by the Anaheim Ducks or the Ducklings. I liked it. So with about five seconds left, Anaheim gains control of the zone. Then you had a pass go inside right to Alex Limoges who found himself in a good spot to the goalie's right-hand side. Then Limoges, looking very adeptly, he noticed that the goalie was coming right back to him. Limoges could have taken that shot and probably gone five hole, but then he noticed a wide open Nyhoff just to the left side, right in the neck of time. And he knew, see, Limoges knew that he had just a little bit of time left and the awareness. This is what I talked about before the awareness to find the teammate, get the goalie open. And pretty much down and out for the count. So Limoges passes it to Nyhoff. And he scored right to the goalie's left. The goalie had 
No chance. And Nighthawk scored with 1.7 seconds left. And that sealed the deal for the Ducks. They win in dramatic fashion. 5-4. to four. This was a doozy of a game, folks. I really enjoyed this game from top to bottom. I know I wanted to talk about the players in depth. And actually, I think I'll do that in the next segment. So I'm going to be joined by Sarah Avampato for this third segment. And we're just going to talk about each other's prospects. This could be a long segment, folks. So we'll get to that. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. They're the one place that has you covered, the one place that we trust. Hockey's coming, basketball's coming, baseball's in full swing. It's coming down to the wire. Two weeks left in baseball. Who's going to make the playoffs in the wild card? That's going to be a wild finish. And then, of course, you have the NFL back in full strength. So, hey, why not check out all the sports at betonline.ag? And when you use promo code Locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. All right, we're going to come back after this intermission, and I'll be joined by Sarah Avambato, and we're going to talk about our prospects. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On SoCal Hockey. And look, I have a guest with me covering the other team from SoCal and also part of this tournament. It's our Avambato. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to talk about our our youth yes. in this tournament. Yes. So I've talked about the games in depth. You've talked about the games in depth on your podcast. Mm-hmm. But we haven't really talked about just the athletes themselves or who was the standouts for both our teams. We saw some of each other's teams. Mm-hmm. So we know who's on the teams. Um, I'm going to start off with your team first Uh and give a player. Well, one player that I really thought was great this whole tournament was Sam Fagamo. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a good shot, is not shy about putting up big volumes, but also putting up some good numbers as far as goals are concerned. Yeah. Yeah, he is, I think he only played two of the three games for the Kings, uh, but in both of those games that he played, he was very easily one of, if not the best players on the ice for them. Uh, He consistently led the team in shots, uh, in helping to create chances, uh, and as one reporter put it on Twitter, he was playing like a guy who is ready to go into Kings camp and earn a spot on the team. Uh, Is there room for him right now? I don't think so, but he is a guy who is playing so determined and is really, you know, has risen to like elevate his play at every level he's played at that I think that it's only a matter of time until we see him. But I was really, really pleased to see his performance there, um, especially after I know he missed time in the AHL with injuries and everything. Uh, So seeing him already coming into the year with the right mindset is great. So what's one Ducks prospect that you were particularly like who you thought was pretty good this tournament uh one of the names that kept standing out to me in the games i watched was uh olin zellweger yes yes olin yes uh very fast very speedy like watching his skating was like for as much as i said last season or whatever you know that jamie drysdale is like watching a video game so is zellweger like Mm -hmm. it's just that kind of such smooth effortless skating uh, and seeing both of them, I think they both were paired together a little bit. 
Like, very briefly, but yeah. they were. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that is just... I, I can't speak enough to how good defensively either of them is as a young defenseman, but that could be a pairing that is just, like, pure chaos on ice that could get stuff done. <laughs> but he, he definitely, I feel like every time he was on the ice, uh, stood out to me. I agree with that. I mean, pure chaos in the sense that if you have both of them at the same time, and they could both easily get into the zone with with quickness, with not having to take that many strides they can get from blue line to blue line like that there's my snap again but honestly i like their quarterbacking on the that's what they're both out there Mm -hmm. they were both out there on a power play at one point they were both also out there when it was six on five it was one of those last second Mm -hmm. you know try doing something Mm -hmm. and it worked i mean they did score two goals during that time so maybe maybe they're onto something there yeah um I will give two players that I was very happy with as mm-hmm. far as Ducks prospects. And I've mentioned this name already. And, you know, his his dad's on Twitter. So this is a shout out. I've said him already. Alex Lamoche. He scored a few times during this tournament. And he was good last season. I will make the prediction that Lamoche will score at least, at least 25 goals for San Diego this coming season. All right. Goals so, for the goals. Ah, yes, indeed. And I feel like that's more of a bold statement, but I feel like I can make better bold statements for the goals than the Ducks this season. Yeah. I mean, I've made my Ducks bold prediction, which we'll get to later this week. Yep. Well, spoiler alert. But I, I feel like Limoges has become a more a more visual player. I look at the game time goal the other night where Limoges was part of that tic-tac-toe play that helped tie the score. And then the game winner, which I was yelling like, oh my god, with 1.7 seconds left, was Lamoche could have taken that shot where he kind of opened up the five hole a little bit right in front of him. And he could have scored that. But he said, no, I'm going to give it to the other kid. Let him make up for that. Wide open. Wide open goal with a second left. So that speaks to the vision of of Lamoche a lot. And someone else that I really, really liked and was very high on for the Two games he was out there. Mason McTavish. <laughs> you're laughing. I know you're laughing. Having to eat, eat, a little, eat a little bit of crow on that one? I might have to. He was really, especially that first game, mm-hmm. he was all over the place. He looks like a player that will earn that number three spot that he was drafted in. He skated really well in the open practice. He looked really good out there, especially that opening game against San Jose. He's all over the place. So that's someone else that I liked a lot. There was a couple other players just here and there that I thought skated well. Oh, actually, goaltending Alexander, I thought, did a fine job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's who I thought of so far. Yeah. So who were you impressed with as far as Kings? Um, I would say on defense, Jordan Spence caught my eye. Um, he This will be his first year professional. He just wrapped up his junior's career um, in the Quebec League. Uh, And one of the things that stood out to me was his versatility. Um, He is a defenseman who plays on the right side. And if you look at the Kings depth chart, chart, they have about 8 million defensemen on the right side. Mm -hmm. And so he was frequently moved to the left side in these games. And it was just seamless. You know, you wouldn't know that that's not his normal position. Uh, He did play a little bit with Helga Granz, who is another uh, defenseman who I'm pretty sure is coming over to the rain this season. Um, at least that's what the indications are. Uh, that's and, what the rumor is. And they both look pretty good together. I want to see more from Granz as well. Uh, 
you know, he, he's a newer drafted player, so haven't gotten to see a lot of him over here. But uh, Jordan Spence really caught my eye. Um, Alex Turcott is someone who I think that he knows he has an uphill battle to earn a spot on this team at any point in time because of the addition of guys like Quentin Byfield and signing uh, Phil Deneau and everything. I think Turcotte knows he needs to maybe diversify his game a little bit or, you know, do the work to not just be necessarily the kid we drafted him as. And so I, I, I think that he still has a little bit of the young player kind of inconsistency or trying to do too much to, to his game. But I did like that I saw, you know, a little more physicality out of him, a little more just versatility and not just that kind of one trick game that we have seen from him previously. So I was glad to see him kind of take some steps forward. Um, and then I'll give a nod to our goaltending with Matt Villalta and uh, Jacob Ingham. Uh, Lucas Preak also did well. This is his first time playing in any of these. Uh, he's just coming out of juniors. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Kings lost the one game that he played in, but I don't hold that against him. Like the Kings just, you know, it, he, he stopped like 40 or no, he, he it was like 20 something shots or whatever. But the Kings took about a thousand penalties and he was really good on the penalty kill. So that's great. Um, but Matt Villalta and Jacob Ingham are both already at the professional level. We've seen them at the AHL. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see the competition between them uh, this coming season because there's only two spots in the AHL and we've yep. got three at least who have played and should play in the AHL. Uh, so both of them came into these games with confidence and uh, with a lot more poise than I have seen from either of them previously. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what plays out uh, in, in goaltending for the rain, uh, given that Garrett Sparks was signed to be the veteran guy. So he obviously is going to have a spot on the team. So good luck, guys. I have a bold take on that. Yes, do it. I cannot wait. But I think that Ingham beats out Valalta. All right. Even though Valalta was the sort of number one goaltender for the Reign last season, mm-hmm. along with JF Berube, mm-hmm. I think Valalta gets beat out. All right. Ingham showed me a lot of promise and, frankly, a lot better movement mm-hmm. in his game. So it's going to be really fascinating to see how that yeah. plays out in the next couple of weeks. But that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. Was it's... there anyone who you wanted to see more from? For the rain or the goals? For for your for your boys. Um, I wanted to see more of Jamie Drysdale. It's a shame that he didn't play that last game. But that's when the Ducks were being very cautious after the Zegris scare. So I would have wanted to see a little more of Jamie Drysdale in that third game. But, you know, that's just them being cautious. Yeah. And same with McTavish. I mean, just the first two games, and that's it. I forgot to mention a player that I was just pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. with. That came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And you could have, like, a player come out of nowhere, too. Uh, Sean Chagall. His name was mentioned a lot on the broadcast with um, um, Steve Carroll. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard that name. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce his name? <laughs> I, I think that's how you pronounce it. We'll get an official pronunciation guide next week when we have these games. But for now, go with Sean Chagall, who... Really, I think, showed some good lateral movement as far as skating backwards and drawing defenders to him. He's kind of that Trevor Zegras style player where he will get one or two guys on him and leave someone else open. So I want to see more of him with San Diego this coming season. That's that's my pleasant surprise. I'm sure you had a pleasant surprise, too. Um, The one that comes to mind first is Martin Kromiak, who scored a couple times for the Kings. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he looked really good. I think he played a lot with, you know, Byfield. He might, like, 
he just got really big minutes in these games and as a player who kind of flies under the radar he's played in he played basically in Europe all last year because of not having an OHL season right. uh, and he is a guy who also consistently throughout his juniors career has really you know dominated every level he's been at he's a fifth round draft pick um which feels a little surprising, but he, he has a really fun game. Uh, he should be going back to the OHL this year, so we'll actually get to see a little more of him. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he factored in a lot on scoring for for the Baby Kings in this tournament. So <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of promise there, and you know he'll be one to keep an eye on uh, over the next season. I called the Baby Ducks the Ducklings. Do you have a nickname for the Baby Kings? Kinglings? Kinglings? I don't think works. No, it doesn't. Princes, I don't like princes that, doesn't though. work. We'll, we'll stick with Baby Yeah, we'll, we'll workshop this one. Yeah. But I hate to end on this note, but I'm going to go with one player. So I do have to mention this. Like, one player that I wish I could have seen more out of or someone that I thought there's some work to be done. Sasha Pastujov. Even though he scored a hat trick on that first game, all three of those goals were either crashing the net, like just getting to the open spot, or in one case, having Trevor Zegras draw three defenders and then being left wide, completely wide open. That's how he got that third goal. Just no one covered him. And he kind of lunged his way through there. Like the skating is a big thing. Yeah, His strides could use some work. Just his overall skating ability. I, w- I mentioned this from uh, Felix Sicard. Who mentioned this is going to be the one detriment to his game. And that's the one thing that he will have to work on is his skating. So that's one player where I looked at games two and three and went, I'd like to see more out of him. I'd like to see the skating improve because, oh, that was one thing um, where he had a turnover. Just he could not catch up the defender. Mm-hmm. Ended up with a penalty, cost him the game. The overtime game against Colorado. So that's one player who I thought I'd like to see more out of later on. And I'm sure there's a player on your side that you want to see some improvement in. You know, I don't know if imp- improvement isn't the right word, but for okay. me, it, it kind of falls in the same category as what you said about Jamie Drysdale. Of mm-hmm. like, you have such high expectations for him that, you know, it, it's a little bit hard to meet anyway, and you just want to see more of him. But obviously the team is being careful. Uh, and Quentin Byfield kind of fell into that category for me. Whoa. Like, I really liked what I saw from him in the games. Like, it's not like he was bad. I, I think I saw a lot of strong movements from him in the corners, a lot of, you know, he, he, there was one play where he turned the puck over and then immediately after got it back and went end to end to give it, to set up a shot for another player. So there's, you know, mistakes that you're going to see from him and that's fine. And he clearly made up for it, but I just feel like there could have been a little more energy, a little more oomph. Whoa. And wow. like, but like, it, it's hard because I really liked what he brought. Like, I think that he was great and, you know, but I just wanted to see, for, for a player who everyone is trying to say, like, should be on the Kings this year, I wanted to see a little bit more. Um, and then it didn't help, too, that he got taken out of the third game very early. Yeah. Uh, similarly to Trevor Zegras of, you know, some sort of minor injury, take him out as a precaution. I feel like if it was a real NHL game, he would have kept playing and whatever. Uh, but he was taken out with a quote-unquote upper body injury. Which is you know, nebulous. Which know. is, yeah, a little, you know, questionable. And they said that they're just holding him out of the rest of the game as a precaution. So you you don't even get a full body of work from him because they rightfully pulled him out of a meaningless game to avoid him getting hurt. This is a spicy take. I love That's it. That's not spicy at well, all. Not, spi- not spicy, but, you know, there, there's a little bit like, wow, so, someone saying that 
he could have, I mean, he could improve. Right. I think, yeah, he's still very, very young. He's like 18, 19. He's only 19. Right. He was one of the youngest players in his draft class. Yeah. Uh, I think that he he is also, from what we saw from him in the AHL, it kind of took him a little while to get going. You know, the You're beginning right, part did. of the season, like, he, I'm still like, this guy's great, but it wasn't like blowing my socks off. But by the end of the year, he was really in a groove in the AHL. In the NHL, you could already see him making plays that like his teammates didn't know what to do with because they weren't on the same level as him, um, which is also going to be exciting to see him play with like actual good line mates and mm-hmm. not like apologies to like Austin Wagner, but Austin Wagner. Um, but, but so like, I guess it's a little spicy cause he is the King's like prized prospect. But I think because of that, similar to Jamie Drysdale, we're holding him to a higher standard. And we just want to see more. Like, if Aiden Dudas or, like, some other random kid... And, like, I actually really like Aiden Dudas's game a lot. He's very sandpapery, gritty. Yeah, like, he's, like, the, the the best equivalent is, like, Andrew Shaw. Like, he's that That's player. a good equivalent. Um, well, that's my equivalent to Hunter Drew in that right, same sense. Right. And so, like, if it was, like, you know, Aiden Dudas giving me the same exact game that Quentin Byfield gave, which is hilarious because Byfield is huge and Dudas is really small. Um, <laughs> but I would have been like, this is amazing. This is a revelation. But, you know, Byfield was number two in the draft. Like, he was. I want, I want him to be excellent all the time, and I want him to be amazing. And I think that, like, I think Kings fans need to temper their expectations because they're expecting him to come in and be, like, the second coming of Anja Kopitar. Oh, but you bring and up something he's really good. Still, just a kid. You bring up something really good. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm going to have that same expectation for Mason McTavish mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was the number three pick. Yeah, and I did not have him there at all. My mm-hmm. expectation was he's going to be seven, eight, nine. But because the Ducks value him so high, that I feel like expectations are going to be too high, mm-hmm. and they're going to be too aggressively high. Mm-hmm. Where fans say, "Hey, what about this development? What about this kid?" Mm-hmm. Fans, temper your. I think we'll both tell you this. Yeah. Temper your expectations. Byfield's number two, but he's only 18, 19. McTavish is only 18 himself, and he's number three pick. Yeah. Wait it out. Let them develop. Let's see what happens in the coming years. Yeah. It's the same problem that Kings fans have with Alex Turcotte. He was drafted fifth overall. In retrospect, was that too high? Maybe, especially considering the players drafted after him. But... You know, I think he is still going to grow into be a strong player. He's had so many, like, completely unrelated injury issues. Like, he had mono, and then over the summer, he had to have, like, an emergency appendix out thing. Yeah, that's Like, there's just been so much random stuff that has kept him from being able to ever get a full season. You know, but so people are very, very tough on him because he was a number five draft pick. I can relate. Which, like, I get it. But, you know, at the same time, like... Where was, like, Cal Clifford was, like, a first-round pick, right? Like, I, I, can, I can also mention one player that I thought was overrated for the longest time because of all the injuries that mm-hmm. he had, and it's Gabriel Velarde. Right. I'll admit, I was hard on him. Mm-hmm. And I even said on this very podcast, yeah, he's overrated. He's the most overrated player on the Kings by far. But I have to keep in mind, he had back injuries. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of ailments that he had to get around. And to see where he's gone now... I take back a little bit mm-hmm. of what I said, yeah. a little bit, yeah. and I feel it's going to be the same thing like you mentioned, Jamie Drysdale. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other players on the Ducks that we can mention in that yeah. same regard. Sandy Milano, mm-hmm. when he first came in, oh man, he scored the game one or two goals, he's going to be great. Then he gets hurt. Right. All these other young players, Sam, like, where's Sam Steele? Like, isn't he supposed to be the next coming? How about Mac? Like, all mm-hmm. these other young players, Mac Jones, yada, yada, yada. I get it. 
some of them just haven't progressed the way we would have liked because we have such lofty expectations for these young kids. So I think we could both relate in the same regard. Yeah. As far as these kids are concerned. Yep. Um, We've been talking a while. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't expect to go this long, but it happens. It it does happen. You know what? I might just let, let's do this. We'll, we'll leave the whole thing in for the ducks podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But for those of you on locked on Kings, this will be a couple parts. Cool. So yeah, Yeah. ducks fans, you get the whole thing now. So congratulations if you made it this far, but you're a winner. Yeah. But I hope that we educated the fan bases on, you know, who's hot, who's, I don't want to say who's hot, who's not, but who to expect and who to watch out for in the coming couple weeks because some of these guys will make their rosters, some will not. And we're going to see the goals in rain at least eight times this season. Oh, God. That's a lot. That's so many. Oh, you look forward to this and you know it. I do, but it's so many. It's like when we played Vegas 8,000 times. I don't want it. I want rain versus goals eight times. Those games are fun. Yeah. They're fun to cover. They're fun to watch live. I guess. You know how great those are? I know. You know, for the rain games, the rain fans, they get their own level of rowdiness. Then the goals fans, they come in. Yeah, that's great. One, two, three, four. It's all your fault. Like, it's fun for me to cover those games live. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. Um, Where can the fine folks find you on the socials and all your work? Uh, Sure. So I'm on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. Always glad to hear your hot takes or your spicy medium takes about whatever. Uh, Locked on Kings is available at Locked on LA Kings on the Twitters. Also available wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, I'm also around on Locked on NHL on Wednesdays, uh, where I co-host with Jess from Locked on Flames. And we talk about what's going on in the Western Conference, including talking about this prospect tournament rookie thingy uh, that just wrapped up. We'll be talking about that on this week's show as well. So that's Locked on NHL pods on Twitter. And again, all available wherever you get your podcasts. Love it. And you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD, as in that show that your parents warned you not to watch, apparently, Sarah. (laughs) But I turned out just fine. I turned out just TV. And you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Yes, there's a Simpsons quote for you there. LO underscore Ducks on Twitter, where you can find everything Ducks related and all that good stuff. Maybe I'll throw up some pictures. I really got to get it on that. Probably get on that today. Cool. Why not? Yeah. Because I have time. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good show. Yep. Yep. That was fun. Fun talking prospects. Season's coming. Heck Woo! yeah. Yeah. For, on behalf of Sarah and myself, on behalf of Locked On Kings and Locked On Ducks, this was Locked On SoCal Hockey to finish. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying that I hope you have a great day. Please be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Kings and Ducks... Lie together.